Okay, let's, uh, let's jump back into, uh, things keep getting in the way of, of continuing the series, uh, but uh, uh, we're, we're going to get through it, and, and we're on uh, uh, message number three from Faith Boosters. Today, it's uh, private disciplines, private disciplines. Um, how's your exercise regiment going? Great, all right. All right, was that a real great or a sarcastic great? Uh, <laughs> Now, mo most of you exercise regularly, right? Once a day, once a week, three times a week, once a month, once a year. Uh, how's it going? Uh, mine's not very good right now. It's just not. Uh, in fact, it is pretty much non-existent right now. Uh, a few months ago, I decided to start running again, which I actually enjoy and I love running. Um, there have been times in my life when I, when I ran pretty regularly. And uh, I, I've never been a marathon runner like, like Chuck, but uh, I, I, I could run at one time regularly about five miles at a time, and, you know, I, I really enjoyed it, looked forward to it. So a few months ago, I decided to start running again. You know, you, get, I sit, you, know, you go through the neighborhood, and you see all these people running, and you're going, man, I need to do that. Um, so I finally just started to start running again. So the first day, I ran a mile and a half and felt good about it. It, it went over pretty good. Um, uh, it was good to be back out there on the, on the road, on the streets, running. The, the next day, I ran two miles. I felt good about that. The next day, well, something came up, <laughs> and I didn't run. I don't know what it was. The, the, the next day, same thing. Again, I don't remember what it was. Something kept me from doing it. Uh, then the next day, same thing. Ran, it was raining too hot. I don't know. I didn't get out there. Uh, the end result was I haven't run since then. <laughs> Well, there'll, there'll be a quick update in just a minute, but um, my determination to run lasted two days, two days. Uh, one thing that, that most of us understand is that exercising on a consistent basis, basis takes discipline, doesn't it? Discipline. Uh, you see a need, you know, the need to get healthy and stay healthy. Uh, there's the need. You, you make a decision. I'm going to exercise every day or every three days or once a week or something. Um, uh, and we've been there. We've made the decision. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, and then you, then you make a plan. Uh, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, at a certain time of day, I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to exercise through a video or I'm going to, you know, run through the pick, lift weights in the garage or run through the neighborhood. You know, this is my plan and this is what I'm going to do it. Maybe we've been there. Right, we got the plan, and then we start the plan. The first day, like with me, went great. Went great. Uh, the second day, you struggled a little bit, but you made it. The third day, like with me, something comes up. Something comes up. It's raining. You don't feel well. The kids got a soccer game you had to go to. Uh, you just, you just couldn't get out of bed that morning. Something came up. Fourth day, you start wondering if if exercising was such a great idea anyway. What was I even thinking? Uh, it was so much easier to just come home and watch TV <laughs> or sleep in a little longer or, or not get so sweaty and have to take a shower afterwards, right? Uh, you know, exercise is hard and doing other things is easier, <laughs> isn't it? So we don't continue because not continuing is easier. It's just easier to just not do it, and the plan falls short. 
for many of us again and again. During the seasons of my life, I've, I've done well exercising at times. Uh, uh, and it's been successful because when, it, when I was being successful, it was, it was successful because I was able to discipline myself to do something that my body just did not want to do. When my body said, don't run today, my mind said, oh, yes, you are. <laughs> and I did it despite the protests from my body. At first, every day, my mind and my body had this conversation. We, are we running today? Body said, nope. Mind said, yes. And after several consecutive wins for the mind, uh, something began to happen back, you know, in those times when I was doing it regularly. Something began to happen. My body, as it went along, was beginning to feel better about things. You know, it was actually starting to enjoy the running. Uh, it argued less, and it became more and more willing because it was getting in shape. It was getting healthier, and it didn't hurt so much. Soon body and mind were both were looking forward to the daily run. But that only happened when, in the early days, the mind was disciplined and overcame the body's protests and made it do what it just didn't want to do. You just did it anyway. Well, now I'm back at square one. <laughs> uh, and the last attempt back several weeks ago, my body won the argument. But there's an update. There's an update. You know, I was going to preach this sermon last week. And uh, so the week before, the, 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 the days before that last week, Thursday, I said, you know what? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start running before this sermon, so I can say that I did. Uh, so Thursday, Thursday, I, I ran two miles. Felt good, ran two miles. And then I was going to run again Saturday. But Saturday, not only could I not run, I couldn't walk <laughs> with vertigo. So there you go. I'll, I'll use any excuse not to have to exercise. Discipline is a quality that can be extremely important in all areas of life. Uh, doing things that are good for us when our flesh just doesn't want to or our flesh wants to do something else. A disciplined diet uh, can help keep our cholesterol down and maintain a, a healthy heart. A disciplined resistance to abusing substances like alcohol or drug can prevent us from becoming an addict and Injuring ourselves and harming other people in our lives. Disciplined worker can avoid falling short of a goal and can, can meet the deadline uh, that they need to meet. You know, discipline is something, uh, is, is doing something on a consistent basis that is beneficial to us despite the protesting of our flesh. And this is true for our physical lives. And it's true for our spiritual lives, which is, of course, what we want to talk about this morning, spiritual disciplines. A couple of weeks ago, we started this series that we're calling Faith Boosters. Uh, we are considering five practices or experiences that many have put at the very top of their list of things, things that have helped them grow their faith in God stronger. And when, you, when surveys are taken, these, these five things tend to move to the top of the list. So the first one was practical teaching. 
uh, and that's hearing the word of God and putting it into practice. That's where the word practical comes in there. Hearing God's word and then putting it into practice. The second faith booster was providential relationships, and that is where God puts someone or some people in our lives, and because of their example, their, their love, their faithfulness, that helps us then be more faithful. So they help us boost our faith. Um, this morning, our third faith booster is private disciplines. Private disciplines. You know, exercise and eating right on a consistent basis can teach us a lot about how to stay healthy physically. And in the very same way, developing spiritual disciplines in our lives can help us stay healthy in our relationship with God in the very same way. You know, whenever you talk to someone who has a, a huge faith, you know, that someone who, who you look, look at and you see that, man, they have such confidence in, in God. It, it, it's, you know, what you'll find when you, when you see someone that has a big faith is that they practice spiritual disciplines uh, on a regular basis. Like, like an athlete who exercises and eats and sleeps with a, with a, a regiment disciplined, you know, our faith can grow when, when we have specific disciplines in our life that we practice on a regular basis that helps strengthen our faith, helps it grow. That's, that faith muscle is, is boosted when we practice spiritual disciplines. So, what is a spiritual discipline? Uh, or a private discipline? Uh, there might be uh, many answers that we could, this, there's a bunch of answers we could use and talk about, uh, but there's three or, or a couple of them that I want to talk about today specifically uh, because they seem to stand out to Jesus. So let's take a look at some disciplines that he addresses, particularly in the Sermon on the Mount. We've been talking about the Sermon on the Mount uh, on Wednesdays, and a couple of weeks ago we covered this passage in Matthew 6, beginning with verse 4, uh, and we're going to cover that again. We'll talk, maybe mention a few things we talked about Wednesday, but some other things as well. Uh, so let's, let's jump right in there. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Jesus said, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. First, we're going to just talk about just the, the general attitude that we should have when we are uh, practicing spiritual disciplines. Uh, when talking about private, dis private discipline, this is the private part, the private part. Um, there was a problem back in Jesus' day and still exists in our culture today, and that is the practice of being seen by others for the righteous things you do and, and being motivated by the fact that they see you doing righteous things. With the short... Uh, uh, the short-sighted hope that you will be rewarded with a pat on the back or praise for what you're doing. Wow, look at what they're doing. They're a good Christian. Uh, a simple example might be you're a Starbucks, right? You got the tip jar, and you're going to put a dollar in there, and you wait until the barista is looking at you before you put it in there, all right? What do you need to do that for? What are you trying to get out of that? Are you trying to just help him with his, uh, pay his like bill, or are you just trying to get praise from him because he saw you put the dollar in? Ask George on Seinfeld about that. 
Um, <clears throat> Jesus is, is, is very clear that the things we do for him should never be, ever be, motivated by a desire to be praised by others. In other words, serving God should be a private matter between us and God. Now, not that others don't sometimes see what we do, because they do. Uh, not, you know, not, not that, uh, that they don't notice what we do. Uh, they often do. But the question is, why are we doing it? Why are we doing this righteous thing, this, this practice of our faith? Uh, is it to, to, to worship God and give praise to him? Or is it so they might see me and, th and think, wow, what a great Christian he is. Let's work, work, so the first thing we want to establish is, when you do spiritual disciplines, why are you doing them? And why shouldn't you, should you not do them? All right, verse 2. So, when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. I wonder if they actually had trumpets. Do, 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 do. I'm giving. Or was that just a figurative uh, thing? You know, giving to someone in need, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, is a spiritual discipline. Giving is a spiritual discipline. Um, but it's private. It's private. And, and it's not that people don't see you doing it. You know, someone might see you. you know, we, we don't pass the plate around lately, but, you know, when we did pass the plate around, someone might see you put your check in or put your cash in. Not, not that people don't see you uh, do that. Or, obviously, if you're taking somebody food... You know, they're, they're, you're, not, you're not invisible. They're going to see you giving them the food. But it's the motivation. Your motivation to do that, to give your money or to take food to someone in need, is, is just between you and God. Not so people will be impressed because you did it, but just between you and God. If they see it, fine, but that's not the reason I'm doing it. Verse 3 and 4. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father will see what is done in secret will reward you. Who sees it will reward you. So here we see that a discipline like giving should always be done between you and God. That's what you're thinking. This is just between me and you, God, whether somebody sees you or not. Uh, not between you and others and the church and the elders or somebody sitting beside you, not even between your left hand and your right hand. You know, it needs to be so private that if you give with your left hand, your right hand doesn't know anything about it. <laughs> That's a, a, just a, a, way of, a figurative way of looking at it. And, and God, if you do it that way, motivated by a, a, an opportunity to worship God in your giving, God will reward you with, for that motivation. But if your motivation is to receive a pat on the back or praise from people, that will be your only reward. God will not honor it. So if you give, like, I want everybody to know I'm giving this amount or I want to make sure somebody sees it when I drop it in, if that's your motivation, now it might pay the, the light bill at church, so that, that's a good thing, I guess, but you're not going to get any pat on the back from God if that's your motivation. Spiritual disciplines are not for show, 
so that people can see how righteous you are. And isn't it interesting that the first thing on Jesus' list of spiritual discipline deals with money? Money. That's right. You, you know your faith muscle is, is getting a workout when you hear the subject of money and giving. You know, I don't know. Here we go again. Another church talking about money. I, I thought we were going to talk about reading the Bible or something or journaling or, uh, you know, getting up early to pray. Wait, what, what's this money thing? Uh, and yes, those are examples of spiritual disciplines. We'll talk about some of those in a minute. But, but let's start with the one that Jesus started with and the one we'd rather ignore. Uh, we shouldn't ignore it because Jesus didn't ignore money and giving. Jesus talked about money more than he talked about any other topic. Uh, and if he talked about it, shouldn't we talk about it? Shouldn't we talk about it and not run from it just because it might offend someone? Jesus knew then, and here's why he talked about it. Jesus knew then, and he knows now that money can be a huge barrier in our relationship with God and in our faith in God. God wants us to put our trust in him and him only, not in our money. And sometimes we have a hard time doing that, don't we? We have a hard time not putting our faith in our money and just putting it in him. Uh, you know, and one way to show God, God, I trust you, not my money, <laughs> is to be willing to let a portion of it go, to just let it go. Paul wrote to the church at Corinth in chapter 16, verse 2, on the first day of the, every week, each one of you, and he's talking to the Christians at that church in Corinth, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, or in other words, a percentage, depending on what you make, you know, set aside a, a, a sum of money, and he doesn't even say how much the sum should be, but looking at your income, a, a portion of it, in keeping with your income, set that aside and save that up so that when I come, no collection will have to be made. You know, God has always, always called his people to give a percentage of what he's blessed them with back to him. For the Jews, it was a straight 10%. You know, it was stated plainly in the Old Testament you know, give a tithe or 10% to God. Um, for the Christians, a little bit different. God uh, leaves that decision on how much we give, what, what percentage we give. He, give. he leaves that up to us, which is more of the freedom we have as Christians. But it makes sense, and I've always said it makes sense. It should at least be 10% or more. At least start at 10%. That's a good starting place. Or at least that's our goal, to get there. Maybe if we even started at a, at a smaller percentage, our goal is within a year, I'm going to be at 10%. Now, if you've never given 10% of your income or more to God, I tell you, talk about resistance from the flesh. You're going, you know, if you're used to opening up your wallet and let's see what I got today. A couple of ones, I'll put that in there. there ooh, you know what, I'm going to put a 20 in today. Put a 20 in. If that's your giving plan, <laughs> uh, and then all of a sudden you're going, I'm going to start giving 10% of what I make to God. Wow, talk about resistance that you might have. Our flesh says, no way, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, we need that. There's no way we could do that. 
Uh, what, what if the washing machine breaks down? You know, what, what, if, what if I don't have enough to pay all the bills this month? No, 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 we, no, we can't afford, the flesh is saying, no, we, we can't afford to do that right now. Maybe later, you know, if I get a raise or if I get a different job, maybe then, but not now, uh-uh, mm-mm. And so because of fear, fear of the unknown, or a lot of times greed, I, I want to keep that for myself, I don't want to give that away, our flesh at first, when it comes to the discipline of giving, again, a percentage on a consistent, regular basis, our flesh resists. So we've got to discipline ourselves based on what we know about God's Word. Uh, you you, you want to grow in your faith? <laughs> you want to grow in your faith? Practice the private discipline of regularly, consistently giving money to God. And not just a couple of bucks each week, but a percentage depending on your income. You know, whenever we read about giving in the Bible, it talks about giving first, the first fruits. Uh, giving right off the top before you give to anything else, before you figure out where, what, what other needs you have in the month. You've already decided, uh, before you try to figure out how am I going to stretch it from, from paycheck to paycheck, you've already made a decision. You know, this is my obligation to God every, every week, every month. The first portion goes to God. That is a discipline that the flesh sometimes resists. Giving is one of the hardest disciplines to actually start because it requires real, genuine trust in God. Uh, think about that. Um, when you're reading the Bible, we're talking about Bible reading and prayer in just a minute. I mean, what does it cost you to pick up the Bible and start reading it? A few minutes each day. What does it cost you to spend some time in prayer? A few minutes? Okay, I can do that. Even if, even if you don't trust God, you can still read the Bible, right? But when it comes to giving, now that's a different story. Because uh, it's, not, it's, it's not just costing time, it's costing money. We're, we're taking a, a portion of our money and giving it away. It's gone. That takes trust. That takes trust. And to do it takes discipline. What if I need that money? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That tension between flesh and mind indicates that, that our discipline is about to be challenged. Your faith muscles are about to get a workout, you know. And we need, to, we need to understand God doesn't need our money. God doesn't need our money. He doesn't need it to pay the light bill up in heaven. Uh, you know, the money we give is used to further the kingdom of God, to pay the expenses, to help out with the missionaries and, and things like that. We trust our leaders, you know, here at Stony Brook to spend it wisely. So we kind of give it to them and trust that they'll, they'll spend it wisely. But, you know, giving is not about any of that. It's not about paying the light bill and paying the expenses at church. God desires for us to give uh, to demonstrate that we trust in him. That's the purpose of it. It's a form of worship, a form of proving our faith. So there comes a point when you look at your money and you ask, who's going to provide me with what I need? Is it going to be God or is it going to be me through my money? And then that tension builds. 
I know I'm supposed to get. I know know I'm supposed to trust God to provide. But I look at these numbers. I'm not sure how it's going to work out. And then we wrestle. What am I going to do? I put my faith in God. I'm going to put my faith in my money. And the discipline is to to say, I'm going to put it in God, even though my flesh resists. And Jesus said, if we'll do this, if we'll give with the right motivation, God will reward you. Now, he doesn't say what that reward is, whether it's a, 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 a now or later in, in eternity. That's not, the, that's not even the motivation, the reward. We're not doing it for the reward. Um, God's reward could be eternity. It could be something that happens, a blessing that happens to us here in this life. But the point he makes is in contrast to the reward that you get if you're giving for praise because that's just a temporary superficial pat on the back as opposed to something great that god will give us with the right motivation these private disciplines uh come with a reward and the reward again could be heaven it could be just peace of mind for today uh to know you did the right thing it could be i i i get to help somebody who's in need and that's a that's a good feeling you're not doing it to get their praise, but you're doing it to, to worship God by helping someone who's in need. Whatever the reward, you know, private spiritual discipline always results in something good, and the good is the reward. And even if it starts with, with just doing what you're supposed to do, <laughs> oh God, I don't know, I'm scared, I'm scared to do this, but I'm just going to do it anyway. Like when we're going to decide to run or exercise. I'm, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, you know, the, the more you practice, just like with exercise, the more you do it. And you see, you see like in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, uh, God says, bring your tithe to the storehouse and test me on this. Test me. See, see won't I bless you. The more you practice it, the more you see. You know what? I did get by. God did provide, and it feels good. And then it becomes easier and easier to the point where you don't even think about it. There's no resistance whatsoever. You look forward to it. Just as running can go from a dreaded chore each day to becoming something you look forward to, so can the discipline of giving be something that you can't wait to do every week. And, of course, that's true for any spiritual discipline. If we stick with it, eventually it becomes a joy that we can't live without. So, let's talk about what maybe we thought we were going to talk about, and that is private time with God. The disciplines involved in private time with God, like Bible study or uh, having devotions or journaling or uh, our prayer time, reading God's Word. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure when it started, but, but at some point... In, in recent history, we started calling this quiet time. I don't know who first coined that phrase, but that's, that's, a, that's a term we use for private time with God. Basically, a spiritual discipline of setting aside a special time in your day to pray and read the Bible. Let's look what, and see what Jesus said about that. Matthew 6, 5, and 6. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and, they, and, they, and go on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you that they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, 
and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. We see again the value of having private discipline uh, as opposed to uh, public, uh, publicly uh, displaying our spiritual behavior for praise. Um, not to say that, that public prayer or public reading, or Bible reading, is bad. It, we do that. We did that this morning. We, both of those. Uh, sometimes that's, that's, that's a good thing. Often that's a good thing to pray together corporately. Uh, we're talking about motivation, though. Why are we doing it? The concern is obviously avoiding our human tendency to seek praise from others as a reward uh, and to miss out entirely on, on, on the purpose of the discipline uh, that we're trying, because we're trying to impress people with our, our elegant prayer or our, our fancy words, um, or uh, impress people like how much time we spend in the Bible. You know, somebody says, yeah, yeah, I get up 5 a.m. every morning, spend about an hour reading the Bible and praying. If anybody ever says that, I'm going, whoa, okay, I don't do that. <laughs> I don't do that. Uh, if that's true, and that's a, that's a good, if that's what somebody does, that's a good thing. Um, if it's true, I think Jesus is saying, we don't need to tell anybody that. You know, because why would we tell somebody that if it's not just to boast about it? Unless it's a, your son or child and you're just teaching them, or if somebody asks you, well, what do you do at your quiet time? But if you're just out, yeah, yeah, I got up this morning, five o'clock. <laughs> Spent two hours praying and reading the Bible. Um, you know, no, that, I think Jesus is saying, that's between you and God. Nobody else needs to know that because you're not doing it for them. Jesus uses the idea of going in a room, uh, in a closet, and closing the door. And, and, and that's a good idea. If, if we talked about that movie that came out a while back, the war room or whatever. Um, that's a good idea, but that's, Jesus is not calling that some kind of legalistic way you have to pray. You know, you must go into a room by yourself and shut the door. Rather, I think he's saying, get away from people, get away from distractions by yourself with just you and God. Just you and God. That's, that's how this discipline works. Uh, you could do that in, your, in a room, in your house, in your closet, <laughs> uh, or you could do it in your car on your way to work. Uh, you could do it by yourself in a back corner of McDonald's in the booth, uh, as long as you're not wailing out so everybody will see you back there. Um, uh, you could do it in the, on a park bench in the park or just someplace where you can be just you and God. Sometimes you may not be able to completely get away from people uh, and the distraction. So as Steve Haggerty said a couple of Wednesday nights ago, we can, we can go to our room in, in our head. Just make, make a room in your head so that you're, you're not thinking about people around you and what they're thinking and their reaction because you're just focused on God in your head uh, where we seek to focus only on him. Not the distractions, not the people, certainly not their reaction. Here Jesus talks about prayer and later he talked about fasting as well. I think we can include Bible reading in this group. Uh, because that's how God talks to us. You think about it, when Jesus was teaching this lesson, he was God. 
speaking to them. So, so they were listening to God speak to them in person. Uh, they didn't have to read the Bible that day. Uh, we don't have Jesus standing in front of us speaking. So the way God speaks to us is through God's word. And so I think we can throw Bible reading in there, even though he doesn't mention that. Um, these kinds of disciplines require sacrifice. Uh, intentionally, purposefully, consistently taking time and energy to spend focusing on God in a, in a quiet place, whether it's in a room or in your head. <laughs> focusing on God. So anybody feel short of time and energy? Anybody? Anybody? Uh, has, you don't have to raise your hand, but has anybody ever used that as an excuse not to have quiet time with God? I, I have. I have. Oh, man, I was going to do that. Or just, the stuff came up, and I just by the time I, I thought about it, I was, you know, it was the next day. Um, we've, we've often been there before. Specifically, disciplining ourselves to take time consistently to have quiet time with God. Prayer is a time when we discipline ourselves to give God control. That's, that's one of the beauties of prayer. It, it's more than just asking for help, you know, uh, and for cure, cures of sicknesses and things like that. Um, you know, we, we so desperately want to have control of our lives, don't we? Uh, but prayer is a time when we can intentionally fight that tension with God and give Him control of what's going on, our worries, uh, our victories. Give them all to him during our prayer time, uh, letting him be in control. How many of you have had that struggle with that? You know, here's where the discipline comes in. You go to God, God, I'm, I'm worried about this thing, and I'm, and I'm going to give it to you. God, you take it, you take it. And then he's going, well, let it go. <laughs> let it go. I'm, I can't let it go. Let it go. And we finally let it go, and then we take it back. <laughs> that's, that's that discipline, that, that conflict that our flesh and our, and, our, and our mind and spirit have. But prayer, prayer, a discipline of prayer consistently, regularly can help us develop that faith muscle where we can actually <laughs> give it to God and let go of it. It only happens when we're disciplined and practiced when we humble ourselves and empty ourselves to God's will, not just once in a while, but regularly. Now, fasting is similar. Uh, Jesus talks about fasting. Fasting is not a big Christian in many Christian circles. It is in some circles, but in many Christian circles, it's not uh, a, a much practiced here. You guys said that some of you were bragging about how much you fasted. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but, uh, but I, you know, I did uh, understand that some of you had fasted before we, some of us, once in a while, we've done it for special occasions. You know, the Jews did it all the time. Um, fasting from food is not something that I don't think God commands us to do. Uh, but it is something that's beneficial if we ever do do it. And, and the interesting thing is that there are other things we could fast from that could be beneficial besides food that can help us, like Maybe sleep sometime and, and just, you know, staying up and reading and praying or, or fasting from entertainment uh, in our lives. You know, those things that, that, that we've come to depend on in life for happiness and, and to keep us going and to get us through. I got I to gotta see my Netflix series 
tonight or, or, or go through Facebook and, you know, I've got to have it. I've got to have it. So to let that go for a time, for a time, so we can show God I don't have to have that. I don't have to have that. Um, we remove them and, and help strengthen our dependence on God rather than other things in our lives. That's the idea of fasting. So that's something we, we could do. If you see something in your life that you think, oh, I don't think I could do without that, maybe you should fast from it for a while. But when we pray or when we fast or when we spend time in God's Word or when we give, when we practice any spiritual discipline, when we push through the resistance that our faith is, is giving to our mind and, and with the help of the Holy Spirit that every Christian has within them, we choose faith in God instead of faith in self. And, and, and when we do it on a regular basis, our faith muscles are stretched. Like, and, our, and maybe even torn a little bit. Like when, with a bodybuilder in lifting weights. And then when it heals back, it's stronger. It's stronger. That's the, the beauty of spiritual disciplines. So what's a, some take home for, for this topic hopefully you there's a number of things that you could take with you as you leave this morning uh, let's for sure all of us just take a look at where we are where are you in your spiritual disciplines uh, where are you in your bible reading um and reading and meditating and growing in god's word uh, not not in a wednesday night bible study that's you could include that but in your personal quiet time with god where are you in your prayer life your personal quiet prayer life with God. How, how's that looking? Um, how about your, your, your giving? You know, how, wh where are you in that? Are, are you doing it? Or, or, are you plateaued? Do you need to stretch it a little bit more? Let's, let's take a look at where we are in our spiritual disciplines, a real serious, honest look, and just think about what we need to do. God, help me start whatever we're, we're not doing. Help me start Making, dis discipline myself to read your word every day. To pray regularly every day. To give. I'm, oh, I'm going to look at what I, I'm, I'm going to carve out a, a percentage. And I'm, next, next week, I'm giving. I'm giving. And ask God for the strength to do it. And, or, or if you're already doing some of those things, but you see, it could be better. It could be better. Ask God to stretch you, to stretch you, uh, to do it even, even better. Um, uh, if, if we want our confidence in God to be stronger, understand, growth takes discipline. Discipline. Uh, if, if Benoit was here, he'd say, discipline! <laughs> God freely gives us salvation for free for free, uh, when we put our initial basic faith in God. We say, when we say to God in the very beginning of our walk with him, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. I believe that with all of my heart. And that belief, that belief causes me to repent. I'm going to turn from the way I have been living. I'm going to start living God's way. Because of my belief in Jesus, I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn and I'm going to start living God's way. I'm going to make him the Lord of my life. That's where faith begins. That's that initial basic saving faith. And when God sees that kind of genuine faith in us, 
at our baptism, at our baptism, he gives us, he gives it, he gives us the forgiveness of sins for free just because we put our faith in Jesus. Not because we earned it, because we didn't. You can't earn salvation. You can't earn forgiveness. But because we decided to trust Jesus to be our Savior. That was fairly easy. That was fairly easy. But what we'd like is for a stronger faith to be the same way. You know, God, uh, just, just give me a stronger faith. I don't want to have to do anything for it. I'm just going to sit here uh, and just, if you would please, just like you gave me the forgiveness of my sins, now give me a stronger faith uh, so I can trust you more. Now, can we see how that can't work? That doesn't work. Um, faith starts small and it grows. And God will help your faith grow and my faith grow, but it takes our discipline to learn and to stretch and to grow. It's not just going to happen by sitting on the couch or sitting in the chair here on Sunday morning. Too often, you, we want to grow without discipline. Yeah, I'll tell you why, and I bet you're the same way. I'd love to be healthy and in better shape without discipline, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you love just to be able to sit, uh, sit and just eat whatever you want to eat and still be healthy and, and, and stronger? Uh, but it doesn't work that way, does it? We know it doesn't work that way. And when it comes to faith, uh, it's the same way. We can't just sit and wait for our faith to grow. Um, there, and there's more at stake when it comes to, to our faith. Uh, more at stake than weight gain and cholesterol. <laughs> Paul wrote to the Galatians in chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. He said, so I say, walk by the Spirit. And if you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. So walk by the spirit so you won't be, be indulging in the, the desires of the flesh. Here the Apostle Paul explains that tension between uh, our, our, our spirit and our, our, our flesh. That battle that goes on. When we give or when we pray or when we fast or when we spend quiet time with God, um, when we are disciplined with what we watch on television or what we watch on the internet or, or when we're disciplined with what comes out of our mouths, what we put in our bodies, you know, our flesh all that time is pulling against our spirit. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And sometimes that hurts, doesn't it? I want to I do this, not that. It hurts to be disciplined because it tears at our desires. And we might ask, well, why is this even necessary? Why is this battle even necessary? You know, why not, God, why don't you just take my basic initial faith and let's just not worry about it? I mean, isn't that all I need for salvation is that basic faith in Jesus Christ? Isn't that good enough? Why do I need to grow? Well, the battle is necessary because the powers of this dark world would love to drag us back into darkness. And if our faith is weak, it will. It will. I've seen so many people who accept Jesus as their Savior. You know, they're excited that their sins are forgiven, and, and then, you, you know, they just never grow. They just stay where they are. And always, always, they end up drifting away back right where they were before. 
That's what happens. And so to defeat the evil in this world, we choose to be disciplined against its lies. And that's, that's hard work. When your faith muscles are being stretched, you're challenging the lies of the world. And you discover as you're disciplining yourself, you're disturbing, those are lies. The world is lying to me. And God is truth. If you're not disciplining yourselves, you, you don't realize the world's lying to you. If we don't grow, we're more likely to give in to those lies because, well, frankly, the lies are easier. They're easier. But when we learn discipline, our faith grows and darkness is covered up with the light of Jesus. So, you want your faith to grow? Practice private discipline. Father, I thank you for... Uh, the opportunity we have to do these things, to pray, to, um, to read your word. I mean, you, you don't just leave us hanging. <laughs> you, don't just, you don't just throw us out there and say, okay, figure it out. You give us your word where we find the truth. You allow us to speak to you, the creator of the universe. We can talk to you and you hear us and you promise to answer us. Wow, that's, that's a wonderful thing. Uh, and when we put our trust in you and, and things like giving, you promise to take care of us and we don't have to worry about where our next meal is coming from. So, Father, help us to see the value of discipline. And even though it's hard, and it really is sometimes, help us to push through and with the help of the strength of your spirit to make these decisions uh, to, to exercise our faith through spiritual discipline. Thank you, Father, and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.